Hello, and welcome to Form and Function, a podcast exploring enthusiasm everyday gear, from watches to EDC tech and lifestyle products. Join us as we chat, interview, and discuss topical subjects about subcultures we all know and love. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Form and Function podcast. I am James and I'm joined by Ken. Hey guys. Yeah, it's me, Ken. I'm, I'm back again. Philip and I were mostly kind about you while you were away, I think, or while you were not on the, on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Some people weren't uh, aware that I was away because we kind of like staggered different episodes, right? So yeah, um, just to kind of fill everybody in, I've, um, I've recently got back from, from a, a little bit of a backpacking trip in Japan. And uh, yeah, we'll kind of like at some point we'll get into a, a field report kind of explaining, you know, everything I got up to. That's there's a, there's a lot of like gear, heavy stuff. There's a lot of watch hunting and, and yeah, well, there's there's some fun topics to dig into with that. So I feel like Japan or Japanese gear culture is very much a form and function thing. I think there's going to be a ton looking forward to that. We may do like a multi-parter or something. Just kind of like yeah. trip report, full trip report. Yeah, there's 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 so many things to talk about. Like the watch hunting, the watch shopping in Japan is just it's not like anything I've ever seen. It's not like there's no there's no country in the world that does pre owned luxury goods or pre owned goods like Japan. Like there's no place on earth. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite something. And then on top of that, the the gear stuff, the travel related stuff. You know, me and my wife did a um, Japanese denim workshop while we were there, which is, you know, awesome. We can we can go into a bit of raw denim talk on on the podcast. I'm sure um, Philip will love that. You're giving it away, Ken. I'm going oh, yeah. to rain you uh, we in. Must, we must stop. We must save it. Yeah, we'll save <laughs> We've it. We've got to save yeah. it. We've been doing this all the time. Like Ken started telling us <laughs> stories and it's like, actually, no, I'm going to save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just save it. Ken, what have you got on your wrist? Yeah, so today um, I'm wearing something a little bit different, kind of to go with the theme of, of today's episode, uh, which James will explain shortly. Uh, I'm actually wearing a Swatch blank pan. Can you believe it? And it wasn't as difficult to get hold of as, as uh, I think people assumed. I think it was less hype around it than, than the Moon Swatch. But yeah, so I have the uh, Atlantic Ocean uh, blue uh, Swatch blank pan which I've, I, I picked up in Japan. And there's a whole story around how I got it because I, in fact, got it for less than retail, which is, you know, going to amaze some people. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, James? That's crazy. So I'm wearing, I'm wearing a new watch. Philip is going to hate the fact that he's not on the pod today because Philip and I have both bought the same new watch. It's the new Hodinkee Yongjin collaboration. It's a GMT made of titanium, 39 mil, uh, 46 lug to lug we talked about it in the last episode but it's they have arrived um, and it's gone this has gone straight onto an Erica's and it's I'm loving it so I have another 39 mil titanium watch the Pelagos 39 and this one really looks smaller on the wrist which is which is very much my thing Pelagos 39 wears beautifully but it 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 still looks quite big to me as in on my little wrist and, and whereas this one does kind of with its silver bezel and everything looks What's a bit the smaller thickness? It's I think thirteen point okay. four, with and maybe like a mil and a bit of that is is the curved sapphire crystal. I don't know. It's, I mean, being being in titanium, being you know with a short lug to lug, it's 
it's pretty easy going. The bracelet it comes on is pretty good. It has a really nice taper down to 16, oh, wow. which you don't tend to yeah, see yeah, on yeah. these kind of tooly watches, which is fantastic. But it's a little bit shiny and and it has push pins to do the adjusting. So it was not quite a quick adjust. So I, I chucked this straight onto the Erica's. And I think Philip chucked his straight onto a NATO. So I think we're kind of we're reverting to type fairly quickly. <laughs> But yeah, so far so good. It's been it's been with me for less than twenty four hours. So oh wow! Far, and I'm I'm loving it so it far. It looks really really good. Yeah, they've done a good job. I, the Hadinki topic is is a tricky one at the moment. I think um, I think Hadinki are going through some weird stuff at the moment, and I think a lot of watch enthusiasts are rather losing their patience with the way Hadinki are going about stuff. I don't know. It's it's a shame. I mean, they've got some good people still at Hadinki. And let's hope that they're given some some rope to kind of you know, make some more good content. But like a lot of watch enthusiasts, change is something that that always yeah, hurts a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I guess the the loss of the Hadinki that a lot of us probably remember it it sits badly. And you know, there's a ton of good watch content out there, so I think we're probably doing okay. So let's talk about a bit of bit of news. Let's start with some watch news. Yeah. What have you What have you seen? You've probably got a ton of stuff that you haven't caught up on yet, but what have you managed to? What has caught your eye in the so um, in the last month or so? I mean, funnily enough, it was like literally this morning I woke up and I opened up my phone, and there was an article on uh, monochrome because uh, Seiko had just released a a brand new kind of Seiko Five GMT. Let me just pop up the, the reference code. <laughs> so it's the SSK023K1, uh, which means that it, it would be assembled in uh, Malaysia, and SSK025K1. Um, so they're both 39 millimeter uh, GMTs in the Seiko 5 range. So, you know, they're very affordable. Um, it's using the same movement that was in the, the previous Seiko 5 GMT, the, the you know the one that um, we talked about before. Philips got got one as well, um, but this is in a in a more compact kind of in a similar configuration to your new Longines, James. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I'm okay with that side of it. When you sent this to me um, not that long ago, I it's, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. I think of of the two, I'm drawn to the black dial one or the or the black cased one, the full the blackout one. There's a picture of the blackout one on what looks like a, a black leather strap, and it looks really good. I, I'm kind of a sucker for for kind of this, you know, the steel or the metal bezel, and in this type of format, which is super small, super slim, um, kind of everything you need and nothing you don't. I, a part of me, you know, I'm not a huge fan of having the the twenty like the military time on the inner, like on the inner side. It would have been fine with just the one to twelve, like a you know a conventional field watch, but it's really nice. It's really really good. I think it is cool. Yeah, I'm 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 happy that Seiko are really kind of like just sticking that movement in everything that they can because you you're gonna see you know it's gonna there's gonna be Willard GMTs and there's gonna be like you know there's just more choice for everyone, which is kind of fun. And then in wearable sizes too. The bracelet. Have you seen the clasp on this? I think this is a 16 millimeter clasp as well. Like the bracelet properly tapers down, which looks really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you look at this, there's more photos on Monochrome website, but the bracelet properly tapers down. So if you've got smaller wrist size and you kind of after, um, you know, an affordable caller GMT, this 
this is one of the go-tos because the non-GMT version of this would always be kind of recommended for new people looking for a watch, right? I think this is this is yeah. going to be that now, you know, which is really cool. So that is cool. That is, I'm uh, Seiko. I mean, Grand Seiko, are you listening? Good taper on your bracelet. Maybe. <laughs> I reckon it's coming. It's got. It's got to be, man. Because I, I feel Do like it's coming. Yeah, they use they use Seiko as a test bed, right? Like, because they can make mistakes with Seiko oh, okay. because the the risk is there's not as much risk involved. Whereas, I think when they get certain feedback, then people that that Grand Seiko will, I feel like they would use that anyway. Citizen definitely do that. What news have you got? It's a few weeks old now, but the Doxa, Doxa have brought out. A, I guess it's just an iteration, I suppose, isn't it? But the 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 sub three hundred beta, I don't know what the beta's meant to or beta beta. I'm not sure what that's meant to signify particularly, but really cool. I think to me it looks like the they did that Siddiqui limited edition for the Dubai Watch Week. Oh, that black and, I think and gold the, with with its no with the it was like a blue. With a blue bezel, oh right, yeah, with yeah, a blued yeah, yeah, yeah. out bezel, which looked awesome, and I it looks to me like these are taking a lot of what they would have developed for that and putting it into the the sub three hundred case, which is really cool. It's a peculiar case as someone that likes smaller watches. It's weird that I like this, but it it with its multi staged you know case and then bezel and then dial and they actually look quite small. They wear surprisingly small. And the lug to lug is pretty short too. I can't remember exactly what it is, but at around maybe like 2K, I think these are with the blacked out bezels. Um, and then ones with, they got one was with like sort of turquoise color details, black marine, I think is they, they mm. call it. And they've got the usual kind of one with orange details or the yellow details. And then the coolest one in my mind is the Sea Rambler. Yeah. Which has the kind of silvery. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know, I like that. That on on rubber strap, I think that's pretty damn cool. I'm generally a bigger fan of like the the Shark Hunter. Okay. Which obviously isn't, there isn't really a Shark Hunter configuration in this because the black dial is the professional. But I mean, it's the same case configuration as the T, which is, that already is a win to me because the T is the T uh kind of like the thinness it's super deceptive wait is it the T no no it's not the T it's just it's the straight 300 so it is it's the thinner one oh it is the thinner one yeah the T is the thicker one I think isn't it it's in my opinion it's the right right, right, right. one okay so it's the non-T but it's got the crystal of the T Oh, okay. Has it? Yeah, okay. because it doesn't have like like that little bubble. Like the normal, the normal sub three hundred has a very subtle bubble. So no, this one does. This one does. does I'm not even seeing yeah, these I think pictures. So. I've just popped one up from Jura watches, and in those pictures, yeah, there is there is a little bubble. Oh, okay. So maybe yeah, maybe it's just kind of the the sub three hundred configuration. Either way, I think that you know the the case profile on these is is super nice. But yeah, I think the professional, I do like the professional, but you're right. I think the one, the standout is the Sea Rumbler. And I'm not really one for white dial watches, generally speaking, but with the blacked out bezel, it just has that real kind of like tooliness, the same tooliness that I like about Zinn. Do you know what I mean? Which which yeah. I think is really cool. So is the Sea Rambler, this is a question, not a, is, I'm not leading anyway. The Sea Rambler, is it white or is it silver? Um... I'm trying to work it out from the pictures. I always thought the Sea Rambler was white. Silver in the in like the, the 300 com, com, configuration. But in this configuration, okay. it's white. 
it's a lovely texture. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I, I, the, the the waves. I might not have been on board when I I wasn't on board when I first saw them, but actually, the more I look at the images, I, I want to see this one in person. The normal three hundred or the three hundred T with a white dial is called the white pearl. So the Sea ah, Rambler okay, is usually yeah. kind of a silvery white, like a it's yeah, a silvery like a one. Pizzery white. Okay. So with the, in in well, the B, me, in the so. the beta version, the Sea Rambler is like a white textured dial, kind of like a Sea Master, but it looks a bit like got kind of a grain like a like a wave pattern which is very nice i like how they've boxed the the date as well have you seen the shark hunter version of this there isn't is there oh no i didn't even see that i, I couldn't mean... even find that <laughs> so this is making the best content for, for our <laughs> we're just podcast winging it as we we're looking along. we're looking at pictures of yeah. stuff going up from 2k in pounds that is up to almost seven which one's seven the, the shark hunter. Why is the shark hunter seven? Looks like it's got maybe like a ceramic. I'm just trying to get the details. It looks like it's got a yeah black ceramic case and an 18 carat gold bezel and oh, crown. Oh right, okay, that makes sense now. Why that is? I I, I don't like that a little bit. I'm afraid I don't even. It, it, that's horrible. Sub three. <laughs> You're taking such a cool watch. A shark hunter. Oh wait, is this the, this is the one that they announced like a while ago, right? Yeah, a lot of people had some That's feelings the original about this. Beta I didn't one. know that beta. it was called Beta, though. I just thought it was like a special. Yeah. I just thought it was a limited edition. I didn't pick up that either. Because they were they were trying to they were trying to market it in as like a defining dress codes kind of. You could wear it to like a fancy dinner sort of. This shouldn't be in that lane. Well, I say shouldn't. They can be in whatever lane they want to be in. But I just think that Doxa do what Doxa do best, and that is adventure you know what i mean and 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 i think this is a little bit too gold to be fair that shark hunter looks better i've just got a photograph up as opposed to a render looks better it looks grayer mm. it's not quite as in your face it's a bit more kind of like it's a bit random but it's a bit stealthy watch guys we'll put obviously links to this up in the show notes you probably know the watch we're talking about anyway but nonetheless i'm really i'm quite keen to to see these sub 300 beaters someone will have it at a red bar someone's gonna pop pop through with these i hope so red bar bristol's coming out don't you think the uh, oh, the blue dial one's nice too actually the professional kind of looks like that longine what is it called the cron this the what is it called this uh, ultra the ultra cron don't you think it kind of looks it has a little bit of that energy to it i think it's the yeah. black and orange that probably does it uh, okay yeah i like how they've outlined the date window i think that that's real like a nice little detail yeah i get down with these I wonder whether I would. I, I really like them, but I wonder whether I'd wear them. I don't. As in, I wonder whether this is like I'm. I'm not this cool. You know something that I've re- what I realized, which is we'll probably talk about it a little bit more on on a few the future Japan episode. But while I was kind of looking for watches in Japan, I've started to realize that my kind of tastes in watches that I look for to buy now are way more fun. Because at first, I think I was trying to figure out why. You know, generally speaking, when I hesitate to buy a watch, it's because I know that 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 is filled by a role that my own watches fill. Very toolish, titanium, like, you know, and I tend to not buy in that same lane now. So I tend to go for things that have these types of like quirky characteristics and Doxa is filling that more and more now. And that's probably why I got this blank pants watch, to be honest, because it doesn't, you know, I'm I'm not going to make a blue (laughs) watch. And that's what's fun about it. So, Ken, let's let's talk about let's talk about our favorite watch releases of 2023 the stuff that's caught our eye 
the first one that came to my mind so like this year was the first year that i kind of went to geneva and and kind of experienced the uh watch week like a fashion week or a watch season sort of type of thing and and the one that really caught my eye was the a langanzon uh odysseus chronograph titanium i mean i can't really say much more it's just like it would they it was the only watch that they released because they're still fulfilling orders for all their other models and they literally just came out at a big event and was just like yep here's one watch and that watch was just like an absolute cracker like <laughs> it's everything you'd want in a watch let alone like getting it from Lango, which generally play in the kind of the more dressy field this is like 100 percent form and function energy do you know what i mean so yeah i i really like this and and there was a you know there was a lot of hype around it there was only like 100 pieces made i think this is the first watch of the year that i <laughs> noticed and was like wow that's that is cool it's just like the 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 way that they've designed the pushes is so nice the dial is so balanced with the day and the date i love kind of like the sub dial configuration i think i you know, I think that that's just awesome. I think it's really tidy and and yeah, you could, to 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 get this type of sports watch from a brand like Langa is just just yeah. I think they really beat other brands at their own game, sort of thing. It is, yeah, that's very cool. I, I kind of I'm I'm I take some persuading when it comes to these Odysseus watches. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think I like that one. I like that other blue dial. Yeah, the normal well, the normal Odysseus yeah. is really really nice because the dial has got like a nice grainy texture, but this is just wow super cool i think another watch that came out at watches and wonders and another chrono actually jlc did a reverser oh chrono. yeah 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 yeah. do you know the one i mean it was so un i mean jlc the company that don't make change that was a really really cool watch I i've always wanted a rectangular watch a square watch a watch like the reverso or the tank and looking for ones that kind of scratch that itch this one isn't it because I think it's ridiculously expensive, but it's also like bigger and all that sort of stuff. But as just as like watchmaking goes, I think that was probably my favorite watch of that whole yeah, event. Yeah, I think it, re it kind of reminds me of like, it's got like Bentley energy or like Rolls Royce energy. You know, that kind of like boxy. Well, you're ruining it for now. <laughs> Bentley energy. I, I meant that as a good thing. I meant that as a good thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like it's it's got a very kind of, industrial square kind of boxiness that is not like uncompromising but then you know it's still a it's still a reverser yeah see what i liked about it was the fact that actually it's it's that bluey gray talking of blue grays of, of the odysseus the bluey gray almost greeny tealy color i'm not sure what they call it because i think reversers generally look they look a bit more even though they're quite kind of square and obviously they're protected and they're a little bit chunky. They still look quite dressy. Whereas I think this 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 steps out of that lane in a really cool way. This is quite thick. Yeah, isn't it? it's, it's also the lug to lug was the bit that would absolutely. I mean, so twenty four k is is the price of this bad boy. What's the lug to lug on this? Forty nine point four. Okay. So surprisingly beefy. Yeah, that's a bracelet. And also weirdly, it comes on. The other JLC thing that I love, I think they this year they may have done it other years, but the the strap this one came on is that is I'm I'm trying to zoom in. It's this sort of like leather ended but essentially canvas strap. I think it's in regards to like dressing down. So put it on that on the the kind of softer side on the time only side, and then have it on the strap like that. I think that's really cool. I think that's pretty baller. I think that's kind of it's dressing it down loads. 
and the fact that you can then turn it over and have that insane movement. I'd stick it on a NATO. Just, I love that. Like, I think it would look wicked on a NATO. I think it'd look really good because it's not that dressy. <laughs> like, it is very like industrial looking from the pictures that I'm I'm seeing on on the Hadinki website. Anyway, I think it's this one. Yeah. Wait, no, not that one. Are you? You're looking I'm at looking a different at that, watch. That, that one. The chronograph. Oh yeah, yeah, but turn it over. It's a it's a reverso. Like that's the front of it. So the this is this is the back. Oh, I've only ever seen photos of the side with the complication. Yeah. Oh, that's the back. So, what I like about it is this sort of like Jekyll and Hyde thing. You've got this sort of really cool, dressy, oh. like subtle side, and then you flip it over, and you've got that absolutely insane. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I actually don't like the other side. I don't, I don't like the plain really? side. Yeah. I think the the other okay. side really the other side with the kind of the the smaller dial and kind of the skeletonization make it look hyper technical, which I think it, it really is, you know. But then the other side, you, I guess, if you want something a little bit more understated, but it doesn't scream the grandness of what it actually is. It you know it, it looks very reverso then. Isn't that good though? As in, it's not—it's not a Hublot. I mean, yeah. I mean, the understate. Like I said, I, I like the understatedness of it, but the backside of it is, you know, just way more impressive. Yeah, fair play. I—I mean, I, I don't disagree, but You're, yeah, I wouldn't put it on a NATO now. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was—I retract that statement. But for for those of you with big chunky old wrists and a spare twenty-four k, um, I'm a yeah, big fan. Nuts. Um, what's what else has caught your eye this year? So obviously this year is the 70th anniversary of the 50 Fathoms, which is why I wore the uh, the Swatch Blancpain today. Blancpain have released special editions throughout the year and what they're calling like acts, right? So there's Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. And my favorite of them is Act 1. And it is literally a, a full fat titanium Blancpain 50 Fathoms in like the way it should be well the way i feel it should be like the way the 50 fathoms was created 70 years ago was to create a dive watch to the 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 best specifications that they could at that time and i feel like the act one is basically doing that today so with the 3d loom markers the titanium case you know the best specification best movement they could put in it i just think yeah this act one is really a a modernization in the same way we kind of like how the tudor fxd is like a modernized milsub right or a modernized snowflake this is the the black pan equivalent for that so yeah i i really i really like this watch and yeah it's 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 awesome it's so it's so cool that is cool hang on it's it's not just it's act one series two what does that act mean one series two that's the official name of it is that so? that one? That's yeah, the that's watch, the one about that. Yeah, because I know that Act Two was the Act Two was the tech, the Gombasa tech, the one for the yeah. the rebreather divers, and then um, Act Three was the uh, that kind of bronze, the bronze gold, essentially reissue of of the vintage style blank pan with the old logo. But yeah, all three are great. But the all pretty cool. Yeah, they're all really cool. But I tell you what, the seventieth anniversary one is a lot more attainable. I mean, it is basically fifteen grand, but at fifteen grand, that's still, I mean, that, that's that's Blancpain money. Yeah, I mean, I mean a standard Blancpain money. It's not like expect. it's not like stupid yeah. Blancpain money, which is I think is 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 quite cool. And and honestly, there's Rolexes and the aftermarket that are sitting at the same price. And 
realistically in what you're getting spec for spec i don't think that there is anything kind of competing in this specific space which is really cool so yeah that's a no-brainer i love blanc pain they do a again to my smaller wristed person but they do that 38 mil one which is really really nice it just has one change i would want to make is the little markers and then i would buy one mm. it's it, like the case is awesome the finish is really well it's got a lot of cool history. I mean, not the, the Bathurst gaff hasn't necessarily got its own cool history, but it's enough. Or rather, it's not the full Bonkpan stuff, but the watch just looks baller. That Hedinki, talking about Hedinki Limited Editions. That is one of the best. That Hedinki Limited Edition one, that's really cool. Yeah, that's one of the best. That's my favorite Hedinki Limited Edition, I think, of all time. But and, and one big change they made was putting in some numbers and removing the little round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the two, three five six those ones are five um four and five even those ones are they just they look like that little like little diamonds or yeah something. they're too small yeah they're too small it doesn't work when you shrink that watch down in exactly the same format they just made everything smaller which in theory often works but in this one it's just made those too small the little loom pips in the middle just make it look weird yeah <laughs> um, which is such which is gutting i i, I tried one in in the blanc pan store in london by the way, if anyone is is passing the Blancpain store in London, go in. They are so nice and friendly in there. And they have unbelievably good sorted caramel chocolates, which they give. <laughs> so so that's why we're going there, really, for the sorted caramel chocolates. Yeah. And and you get to try on some cool watches, too. But if they could make the 38mm one in titanium and do something with those pips that I'm sold, they can they can take my money now. Um, and I would take those. i take the Bascaf anyway over a sub any day. Purely because it's thirty-eight mil, as opposed to what forty-one mil. What's your What's your uh, your next one? So my next one is uh, well, it's a surprising one actually. It's a watch that I've liked for years, but this version has caught my eye. So Grand Seiko, the SBGW range. It's been around for a long time. They've done. I think I used to really like. They do a, like a cream dial one. They do a ton of limited colors. Basically, it's the manual wind. Uh, 37 point something maybe mil like 38 mil just thereabouts i think yeah the, the is it the elegance um, really simple that's probably it yeah the oh that's the range that the, it's, it's got a little bit of thickness but actually what that does is it it kind of dresses the watch down a little bit the version that caught my eye strangely is the silver dial version so it's the sbgw305 mm. um in renders it just looks like a two silver dial but actually in photographs i've not seen this one in person yet but that's that's on the list of to do um in, in photographs after actual photographs it looks really good it looks far more subtle than i thought and actually really quite sort of austere which which to me leans really well into the grand seiko aesthetic and with that that watch itself is such a kind of wide uh, to me, anyway, a, a wide-use watch. It, it, on one hand, you think, well, it's a dress watch, but that the thickness of it, the height, strangely makes it, you know, you stick that on a on a canvas strap or on something else, dress it down a bit, and suddenly you've got a watch that I think would easily be an everyday watch. I can't remember what the water resistance is. I don't think it's probably that good. The bracelet on the Elegant series seems to be a lot nicer as well. Like, there's a, there's a bit more of a taper and stuff. That's another new thing for, for this year. They'd done one a long time ago, but I don't think it was available on many watches. Whereas now I think they've brought it out as a as a more regular thing. And I think you can even buy just it for, for the older ones. 
it's kind of like a beads of rice, but only in the very center link, yeah. which is which is quite nice. So the only elegance that I've actually seen in person was the the three uh, the the GMT, the GMT elegance, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, which is you know it's really nice. And I've only ever heard really good things about it because the price is the price for starters, at, you know, at Grand Seiko and a GMT movement is it's really good. Like the the, the finishing you're getting for that amount of money is uncomparable they kind of give you a very classical gs look which is you know i love the the kind of the original you know first grand seiko's 44 gs those sort of models and this is probably as close to that as you can get from modern grand seiko so yeah i I like a lot of the modern stuff but i think there's something quite classic about this one that is uh, maybe even a little bit my eye a little bit less Grand Seiko and as in if it's like modern Grand Seiko is going hard on the sort of like I don't know the, the angles and all that sort of stuff whereas this one is kind of yeah it's it's sort of soft and more gentle and yeah I, I sort of I don't know I'm, I'm I've been a big fan of this for a long time they used to do a version with the, like a creamy dial and a blue hand which was very cool um but I that's that's long gone I think but yeah this silver dial version has definitely caught my eye and i'm gonna next time i'm up in up in london or somewhere that sells grand seiko i'm gonna try and have a look at these I think. although the price that's another thing grand seiko the price has gone up considerably for that particular um, model I, yeah or just all of the sbgw range i think i looked at buying when i tried when i looked at buying one of these i think i was looking like maybe like 1800 with a bit of a discount oh really for one i think these these are probably nearing the three yeah, yeah. A mark, I think, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you could get them at 1800 This was quite a few years ago, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they've been sitting at kind of the three mark kind of for a while. I think the GMT ones come in at about three or four, maybe. Yes, there's GMT ones. And they're a bit bigger, too, I think, the GMT ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one drawback for some people of that range is just how thick they are. So even with a manual wind movement, the three-hander still has a little bit of body to it, mm. which may have been its saving grace may have made be the thing that makes it popular because it does have that presence what else have you seen this year so kind of another a bit of a polar opposite to the last thing that i mentioned which was the the blank pan mbnf they've <laughs> done a few crazy things this year like they've done a few very standout pieces like the one that was announced kind of not that long ago which you could literally rotate the whole watch which is like in four different positions which is you know just mind-blowing but <laughs> The, the one that kind of really stood out for me was the the HM8 Mark II. And they released it in a in a white edition and in a green edition. But the white edition with the green rotor on top, man. I like my watches generally to just look like watches. You know, I'm not into too much of the faff. But this is cool, man. You tell the time kind of on the <laughs> side. It's got that kind of very jump power kind of analog display a uh, digital display obviously it's not digital but you know but it's it's just it's cool it's it's so cool and different and i think like you know if you're you're lucky enough to be able to afford it it's just one of the things that you're not going to see from anyone else you know because it's 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 mbnf doing what mbnf does which i think is is cool and i like kind of keeping an eye on what they do every year just because they always surprise you and even if you don't like it, it's still gonna intrigue you or interest you in some way. So yeah, that's what yeah, that's another. I think I fall into that bracket. MBNF, I, I I'm really glad they exist. I think there's so much kind of fun, crazy, cool stuff they're coming up with. 
but I wouldn't even if I had any unlimited funds. It's not it's not my jam. Mm. It's it's very out there. It's very Tony Stark. It's, it's Tony Stark energy. That's what it is. And I think if you you know you play in that <laughs> space, then it's sick. But for me, like I'm I'm happy just watching Tony Stark be Tony Stark. I'm okay not being Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. So my last pick is is one that actually one that actually Philip owns bought this year. One that was really surprised me about how cool it is is the Aquastar Model Sixty. Oh, it has a surprising resemblance to my new Longines, but nonetheless, it's it's smaller, so in my mind, a slightly better size. It's just such a clean, crisp, cool little watch. It's yeah, it's effortless in my mind. It's kind of it's. And I love I love most of the watches that Aquastar do actually, and for a smaller wristed person can wear a lot of them but this one particularly is just like properly my my jam so i endlessly i i live i i haven't bought it partly because philip got it in the sort of pre-order thing so got it for such a good price that for me to buy one now would cost so much more and i'm not sure i'd be able to live with that <laughs> kind of personal loss yeah aquastar <laughs> which is ridiculous aquastar do really good kind of like um pre-order deals their new benthos that come out well at pre-order is like 1000 us i think or something around that which is amazing yeah. it's amazing you know yeah yeah i mean a lot of people were happy to see the benthos come back as well which is cool but yeah that that aquastar that that uh philip's got that's a good size very that's cool. a good size and and yeah very cool right so i think that's that's our watches of 2023 have you got any homework for us so something that I noticed that come on onto Netflix this week. So I just got back. So it's the first time I kind of like, uh, you know, fired up the telly and had a look to see what I'd missed. And uh, I'd noticed there was a um, a new television show. It was like a documentary. It's a multi-part documentary around the Royal Marine Commandos. So I think it's called okay. Commandos. Um, and it kind of goes, it's, it goes <laughs> through kind of just their training it's 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 ba- it's a documentary based around the training and selection process of, of the commandos but also kind of the things that that they are prepared for in the, in the world i've only i'm only kind of i've only got into the the first episode which is kind of giving you a bit of background of, of kind of the subjects that they will eventually dive deeper into there's one kid in there who, i say kid because he's literally 16 years old and you know he's he wants to be a recruit and uh you know, of the twenty four thousand people that get that apply, only like four hundred a year make it, which is a tiny amount. But yeah, I've always kind of been into my my fitness and and staying active and that sort of stuff. So I I, I like watching these sorts of things just to kind of like gather information of the thought process of why people put their bodies through certain things and what what kind of conditions they're subjected to. I find it quite interesting, but. You know, with with a lot of us being heavily into military watches and, you know, that some of the lifestyle that the watches are designed for, whether we live them or not. You know, this is a it's, it's a nice kind of um, documentary and it's, you know, it's produced by Netflix. So it's as good as it kind of really can be. But yeah, that's my that's my homework for this week. Cool. I'd have a look. Mine is a program that's been out for a little while now. It's from Apple TV. So apologies for, for those of you that don't have that. Philip, I'm looking at you. It's got a it's got a killer cast got harrison ford oh i've seen this i want to call it, i want to say yeah, siegel. jason siegel yeah jason, yeah jason siegel it was out a little while ago I, I absorbed it and i was just thinking about what my favorite tv of this year had been and this one came up and i was like yeah that was really it was good. very as good in, i absorbed that one each episode as it came out shrinking it's called 
it's a comedy i guess it's a comedy drama it's got some it's got some kind of sensitive topics which dramedy or whatever <laughs> it's also fairly gentle and it has a scrubs vibe it does to me does that do you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah like that that sort of tv hasn't been around for a while and i'm at, apple are doing quite a good job on some of these comedies and i think this one it had a sort of tone about it which i really enjoyed they actually have a couple cast members from scrubs in the show the neighbor of jason siegel she's dr cox's oh, wife from scrubs he's the wife isn't and she? then also yeah, the the point. janitor has a cameo as one of harrison ford's patients yeah, yeah. so you got <laughs> it right on the head there that's probably where the vibe's from yeah. isn't it but well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing someone in the production team or something is probably connected but also the the woman who plays the neighbor who plays dr cox's wife in real life she's married to the create the executive producer or the creator of scrubs Oh, so okay. there is there will be that input because she's she was quite influential in the production of scrubs i miss stuff like that just like stupid tv that yeah just, yeah scrubs kind of went off off the end it kind of you know it went went on too long i think scrubs still has a soft spot in my heart because it was out at the like i i used to watch it all the time like i come back from school and put it on like uh, i was really into scrubs yeah from come school. back from school God, well dude, high school so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I had it all on. Oh, I had it. Yeah. I had it on DVD because they would play it on like E4. Yeah, they did, didn't but they? But okay. it would never be consistent. It would never be timelined. And I, yeah, I remember buying the kind of the DVD box sets from like HMV and like have it leaving them on in the background while I was revising for like my A levels <laughs> and stuff. It was a long time ago. It probably hasn't aged well because they there's some topics that they talk about yeah. are probably way too political or way too um, sensitive now. Yeah, at the time they were quite progressive with it i guess i think this falls on to probably the other side this this is comfortably politically oh yeah this is yeah shrinking is is right right down the middle it's apple tv doing the clean thing as in like all of apple tv stuff tends to be pretty pretty straight down the line isn't it and this yeah but this is a really good i I definitely would recommend this fun enough the other thing i had to recommend was a another tv show as i was gonna i was gonna chuck this in anyway it's one that i noticed that these the third season of party down have you ever, ever come across Party, Party Down? Down? Is that on, Al- in, on Apple? It's not. It is basically seasons one and two were 20 years ago. Oh, right. Okay. And they did a third season. They only did six episodes of it, maybe like six months ago. The original Party Down was brilliant. It was it was about a, a bunch of like actors working for a catering company. So they're all like out of work actors. Uh, it's got a lot of American actors, comedy actors that you would recognize from other things now. Right. Okay. The lead character was in Parks and Rec, was Leslie's husband in Parks and Rec. He's in quite a lot of Apple stuff, actually, it seems. Oh, I can't remember who plays his, plays her husband. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes because it's, uh, <laughs> it's annoying to not remember his name because he's in a ton of stuff. Oh, Ben. Ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec, yeah. Whatever the actor is called. Yeah, he was um, in like is, Step is, Brothers. Is... He's in lots of stuff. So he was he the protagonist so in Party Down. He was pretty young. Um, he's one of those faces, a bit like Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd doesn't age. The, he's another one of those like people that doesn't really age. I think it's dropped off the UK streaming stuff at the moment. It's not available to stream without paying for, I think, Lion Gate or something. I think it's Stars is where the program actually sits. So I rewatched it earlier in the year, episode season one or two, and then the third season, this one was only on Stars, and I watched that by through Lionsgate with a free trial which you can no longer get the free trial. I'm sure another one will crop up. Or, frankly, Party Down, I think it's like 5 99 or 4 99 a season on Amazon. 
So it's not an expensive thing, particularly. Uh, and, and it genuinely, it's really good. It got really, really popular, I think. But it's one of those shows that has built a huge following in the years that have passed. Like, what's the science fiction one that had one season with Nathan Fillion in Firefly? Did you ever watch Firefly? Mm, We're getting no. into weird old TV now. Nathan um, Fillion is not one of those actors that I see very often. He did Castle for ages, which I, I enjoyed. And then he now does the, that police one. Oh, he was in the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. That was probably the last time. I, I don't see him very often. Like, I, I, I recognize he, his face. He basically but, does this TV. And he was in Saving Private Ryan as well, which if you watch back now, you'll be like, oh my God, it's him. Firefly was cult, like massively. It was a hugely successful film. But for whatever reason, a season rather, they did one season of it. It was hugely popular. But, but it, I think it was like weird politics at the time. I don't mean mm. like politics, politics, but I mean like, you know, studio politics meant it didn't continue and it never got picked up. They did a film, I think, of it called Serenity, which was just sort of continuation of the same characters. But um, I loved that as a kid. And that's, that <laughs> has, a, has some similarities of sorts to Party Down as being one of those ones that was really popular, but just didn't for some reason get picked up. So it was really yeah. cool to see Party Down kind of pick up again so far down the line like it must be like 15 20 years later which is crazy but yeah that's some homework that's some stuff to go and go and watch go and consume well don't, thank you this has been episode 12 we want to make clear we we're told our voices can be quite similar to each other so let's make it clear that i'm i'm james and i'm ken <laughs> gents thanks very much for listening the the usual places to find us so form and function podcast.com the website's still still going and the usual stuff on instagram form and function podcast all one word and indeed form and function podcast at gmail.com for email um or frankly our personal ones i'm i'm Giratal and ken has our kenneth lamb thank you gents thanks a lot